Welcome everybody to the One to Go show presented by Dirt Track Supply. It is the dynamic duo tonight, Bert Lehman and off. So we've got Ryan Ayo uh, in the blue One to Go show shirt. You've got Pookie here with the visor and the other One to Go show shirt. So if you can, uh, you know, give us a thumbs up or hit the subscribe button right now, we'd appreciate that. And uh, what's happening, brother? I tell you what, there's a little bit of racing. There's even less as the weeks go on here. But there was a good show, you know. I guess uh, first of all, shout out, of course, Trevor Anderson. Officially, officially, the repairable vehicles tri-state late model series champion for 2022. Tip of the cap, buddy! Congratulations. I was looking at the results. I'm like, man, did he did he go in style? How did he do? He wasn't there. He had the mod there. Uh, a couple rough nights, gotten some wrecks. But uh, the late model, he said he hurt a motor, so he wasn't able. He said. If he had to for the points, he would have done something to get there. But he said, you know, he already had it locked up. So he stayed, uh, he kept the late model at home, brought the modified. But congratulations to him. And, of course, your track supply, I know it's the end of the year. But it's time to start planning for Christmas, right? I mean, there you go. wives, girlfriends, boyfriends, if your gal races or whatever, right? This is the time of year. Get a hold of Trevor over at Dirt Track Supply. Get all of your racing stuff, right? Your tires, apparel, get safety equipment, get your Hans device and whatever else, the kind of safety equipment you want, any kind of parts. If your driver was slow, get an aero chassis. They win a lot of races. Get a hold of them. You know, if you truly love your significant other, you'll get a hold of Trevor at Dirt Track Supply. Get some Christmas presents coming. It's not never too late for uh early christmas presents with racing things I, so i couldn't agree more yeah dirttracksfly.com you go proud they got everything up there so you can prove kind of what, what they offer all right uh episode 149 well we're almost to a, a century and a half here uh so we'll do the blast from the past of course brought to you by impact health sharing well i'm gonna do a little trivia here but before we do i mean open enrollment right around the corner self-employed people if you're paying for your own health care business owners if you're paying for health care for your employees get a hold of me shoot me a text shoot me a call you know my number uh, 218-969-1380 okay get a hold of me um been able to save people a ton of money i can get you a quick quote get you some information we have a great product out there and uh, a lot of people are paying way too much for health insurance you don't have to i have a solution Hot topic. So how long is that open enrollment period when that does open up? Is that like two months, six weeks? Yeah, not quite. It's okay. typically right. November and kind of mid-December type deal usually. But we don't have open enrollment with impact. We can right. sign up any time. Um, but a lot of people are making their decision and they're, they're getting locked into something. And with impact, you're not locked in for a year. You know, it's if you, if you don't like it after a month or two or whatever, right, you can you can drop it and change and do something else. We don't have an open enrollment period. You can sign up whenever you want. Perfect. Okay. Okay. Yep. So get a hold of Ryan on that. All right. So 149.49. I'm assuming neither of us have a 149. I do not have a 149. I have some 49s, and we're going to have a little trivia. We're going to have a little fun today, okay? <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and start because I might have the person you're thinking of. If you, Do you have a 49? I think I do, but I need your help. I think he was 49. Okay. Modified driver. Rice Lake area. And the late model. Yes, that's right. Yes, he did for a while. Yes. And a winged modified, I'm guessing. I think, yeah, I think back in the day. I think this is when I first found out who he was. So he, with a name like this, you can't forget it. Porky Brust. 
Pass. There you go. Right? Yeah, yeah. Dustin Doty sent that over. He goes, you can't forget this one. I'm like, come on. I got him on the list. But Porky ran a little bit of everything. Of course, him and Paul Bruss, brothers. Paul was 19, Porky 49. And they always had that purple. I remember kind of yeah. an awesome purple looking car in the winged modified that he ran down at cedar lake and then he ran mods and he, he ran late models for the i guess the remainder of like the, the end part of his career but uh that brus family very very popular in the wisconsin era i i haven't seen them around i don't know if they go still go to the races but uh fans if you got any favorite porky brus stories share them in the comments as with some of these other drivers all right <clears throat> i have four more cool it's Hibbing driver. He's kind of the gentleman. Very nice guy. Ran in the six-cylinder class, the super stock class. Ultimately ran in the late model class to close out his career. The sponsor on the side of his car, Domex at the end. Oh, Mackie. There you uh, go. Matt, 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 Matt Mackie. Matt. Matt. And there was yeah. two Matt. He had B Mac, his dad, uh, Matt Mackie was the eight he ran late model it's martin's brother but matt mackey a different matt mackey yeah. ran the 49 us uh, one of the nicest guys at the racetrack everybody liked him just non-confrontational a lot like me or maybe the opposite <laughs> but overall a good guy good good one right there the other one i have here and i don't think he was typically number 49 okay i, I don't i think this was kind of a offshoot he ran one year i happen to have a picture i don't know why okay grand rapids speedway inaugural hall of fame class member no idea built engines including for brokings the one of the best nicknames in all of racing the horse thief Bingo. Really? He was, really? He was a, I didn't know he was an engine builder. Yeah, he built engines really? for a very long time. Yeah, Harry the Horse Thief Johnson. I don't feel like he was typically number 49. He had multiple numbers. I remember 50 as well, but I have a picture of him in a number 49 car here. <laughs> Another guy I have, okay? This guy ran very competitively in the modified division and in the late model division in southern Minnesota. Well, Bob Tim, Tim Bob, yep, Tim Bob, Bob Tim. Cedar Lake Speedway. Uh, my first year, my rookie year in the late models, two thousand two. We were at the Tony Stewart night. Might have that clip, maybe. But we were actually battling. I think we were on fourth or fifth at the time, and he fenced it, getting into one, and he ended up upside down, landing on my car. I bent some stuff. I still finished. He did not, and I think I got seventh or eighth or whatever. But uh, he won a lot of races. Of course, Bob Tim, now the promoter at the Mississippi Thunder Speedway, his son, Jake Tim, one of the most exciting people to watch. He's up on the wheel, elbows up. He's always banging the board. Super fun to watch. But Bob Tim, he actually got a pair of wins last week in the USRA Stock Car Division, yeah. which they're bringing back to Mississippi Thunder. So Bob Tim, uh, one, of the, one of the great drivers down southern Minnesota, Winona area. Another one, this guy here. Um, really tough to beat at the Dixie Speedway. <laughs> the Dixie Speedway, Dixie, Georgia. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> had, a, had a stint in, in NASCAR after his dirt racing. 
Are we coming? Are we going to the movie here? <laughs> are we going? <laughs> is this? Is this? I, I can't think of it though. I We're gonna cancel the freaking show if you yeah. can't get this name I, right. I, 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 Bruce I, I, Baker. Yes, <laughs> Brewster Baker. I mean, come on. That's a, how do we not remember? That is the 49. When you think 49, that's Brewster Baker all day long. Now, fans, I'm going to be honest with you. Okay, if you're watching this show and you have not seen the movie Six Pack, raise your hand, make a fist, and punch yourself in the side of the head. All right, because that is required viewing if you're a dirt race fan. It's the original dirt racing movie. It's on YouTube, Puka. You can actually type in Six Pack, watch it for free. I know that's right up your alley, but you can watch it for free. I highly urge you, if you haven't seen that, you have to watch that movie. It's a classic. So Brewster Baker it is. So that was a little bit of fun there. What do we got next? All right. Yeah, well, we'll move into We'll go from the past to the present. And we'll talk about the, our top five moments of the week brought to you by Brad Parson Egg Solutions. Yeah, Brad, who finally got his car out. Sounds like he's done for the year, but he did officially make some laps with his lawn ornament. So congratulations. But uh, farmers, if you're out in western Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, for racers, by racers, get a hold of Brad Parson. His number is here. If you don't have it, if you're listening to this, shoot us a message. I can get you his number. But he has great egg products, great great solutions, great fertilizer type products. You can mix stuff right with your current uh, spray packages. The yields have been incredible. They've had awesome data this year and last year. Um, very competitive, non-changing prices. And uh, you'll be glad you did. I mean, we get a, give enough money to some of them other egg products out there, right? So let's give it to Brad Parson and let's give it to Eggzyme because that's that's a local guy here. Let's let's take care of the local guys. Right, exactly. So, yeah. Let's keep it close to home. All right, we're starting out with the street stocks off the, uh, number five at the uh, Fall Classic. Well, let's just be honest. I talked to you and I said, what did you watch at the Fall Classic? You're like, well, I watch the late models, part of the mods. Again, you don't like racing. I understand. I get it. You just don't like racing. Again, the best race of the weekend at the Fall Classic, right, was the street stock division. I mean, Braden Brower got in the mix, but really it was between Justin Vogel, Tim Johnson. Timmy got the lead. Vogel powered around him through the middle, won his fifth fall classic is fye fall classic but the best part wasn't the win right it was what he did afterwards if you haven't seen this you got to check this out he did a big smoke show he gets out of his car while the smoke's rolling up he gets up he lifts his shirt up he's kind of i think he's debuting for his only fans page i'm not Ooh. really sure what he's got going on he left a message be sure to message message justin vogel get his link for his only fans page I think that's what he had going on. He did mention that one of the fans said, you have to do this if you win. But let's let's just be honest. Right? Some people look at Justin and they're like, oh, man, he's too much of a showman. He's too over the top. I'll be honest. I love the enthusiasm. I love the excitement. He's got passion. I mean, he's got a huge fan base because of it. More drivers need to be like Justin Vogel with the passion he has for racing. Congratulations to the Wolverine. Yeah, congratulations. All right, number four, we head out east to Port Royal, the Will of Outlaw Sprint Cars. Pennsylvania Posse, Anthony Acri doubled up. So he got win number 20 and number 21 of the 2022 season in 410 Sprint Car Action, right? But it was win number one 
and win number two in the World of Outlaw Sprint Cars. So that's an accomplishment all by itself. Night number one out there at Port Royal, the top four, Pennsylvania Posse. Yes. Night two, first and second. Brent Marks got second on night two, Pennsylvania Posse. The question I have for you, Fuka, is there a bigger rivalry in any of racing, especially dirt racing, but any of racing between the Pennsylvania Posse and the World of Outlaws? Is there a bigger rivalry than that than you, than you know of? No, no, that's definitely the top of it. And and it is so impressive that they get this done, you know. And, and you know, I remember, I can't remember who it was, arguing years ago do you remember the time when the Masters was going on? Maybe you were there racing a Super. Maybe you were in the lates then, but there was a year that Door was leading the Masters in a Wazota car. And this was the old 2020, and people kept saying, they, you know, Monday morning, everybody's keyboard said, boy, they threw like 15 Phantom Cautions because they knew he would run out of gas. So what I'm getting to is, you know, when you're running a series, the, when the World of Outlaws pull into Pennsylvania, they want a World of Outlaw guy to win. You know what I mean? So you, if you're a local or whatever, you're not getting any breaks. You know what I mean? They're, they're not going to make anything easier for you. They'll make it a little easier for the regulars. So with that being said, um, yeah, congratulations. And, and Mac is a guy I don't – I mean, I've heard his name, but I really don't know much about him. Do you? No, I don't. He's a young guy. I've heard his yeah. name over the last couple of years running well. And he, I know he won, like, that Tom Tarleton Memorial. I think that was – uh. Um, all-star sprint car race, maybe out, out yeah. east. But I mean, this this kid's got a future. He's he's a posse guy. But I'm telling you what, this is a group of, of drivers up here in Pennsylvania. The world of outlaws comes into their area, and they're like, and their fans are like, "This is our house, yeah. <laughs> right?" Here's a question I have for you: Could the Illinois late model fans kind of have the same thing going with? how many top-notch late model guys there are, especially on their home turf, when the Lucas guys come in, the World of Outlaws come in. I mean, should the should they be making shirts in Illinois saying, bring it, you're, you're in Illinois now, right? It, could that kind of be the same thing? Is that the next best thing out there? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I think that's a very fair assessment, yeah. And, uh, and did you see uh, 53 grand was added to the – 57 grand added to the uh, PDC purse? Prater Classic first. I saw a headline on that, so I don't. I think it's. I think it's through the field, but uh, we'll come back to that race fans. But now that you brought that up, but uh, but yeah, and now especially now, B Shep's gonna be back home too. That just adds to it. He is. I mean, you got B Shep, you got Shirley. I mean, you got Unzipper. You Bab. Yeah, Pierce. Yeah, Bab is yeah Moico, right, Illinois, and you have uh, Dennis Herb Jr. Right, Jason Fager. That right now might be the hotbed for open late model racing. I'm telling you what. And when, when the out-of-town guys come to town, them them locals in Illinois are tough. So maybe we're going to have to make a phone call to some fans or some Rigsby or some of them guys say, come on, where's our? we got to get some shirts going yeah. on, right? We gotta have the, you can't call it the late model posse, but they got to come up with something. <laughs> All right. Number three, the veteran, T-Mac, Tim McCready. Tied up his second championship in a row with the Lucas Oil their late model series. And and in style, right? He won. You know, what were they at? Talladega. Talladega he, sure. Kind of an uneventful race. It wasn't yeah. overly exciting. But, I mean, we're going to talk more about him in just a little bit. But T-Mac, I mean, emotional. When, when they interviewed him in Victory Lane, 
it was kind of more of a tie between like excitement, but a sigh of relief yeah. and just kind of load off his shoulders. I mean, you can tell that he's very appreciative. And that was probably one of the better interviews I heard with Tim McCready. Congratulations to T-Mac. Yeah, awesome. All right, number two, Jeremy Nelson, Fall Classic. This one here, very easily, I maybe should have put this at number one, but the 06 Jeremy Nelson, right? Everybody's used to the number four Jeremy Nelson that ran in the mods. This is the 06 Jeremy Nelson, okay? So there's two that kind of ran in the same area. But he not only drove by Dave Moss, but he drove by Shane Sabrasky to win the Fall Classic in the Superstocks. We'll talk more about who should have won this race in just a little bit, right? But, I mean, huge congratulations. I mean, he looked really good. I mean, if I told you a guy that really, I mean, he doesn't win many races, he might have won earlier this year, was going to drive by Moss and Sabrasky to win, you would have called me a liar. So that's a huge win. You know, uh, basically a, a little notch in the belt there for Jeremy Nelson. Congratulations. I, that's going to be a guy to watch next year on um, that 06. Very smooth. He's going to be fun to watch in 23. All right. And our number one moment of the week. Back to the fall classic, the double one express. Four straight. Again, we'll talk more about this in a little bit because it's kind of a, he might not have had the car to beat, but he was there at the end, okay? But the fact is, his fifth overall, Justin Vogel, also his fifth overall, but uh, Fall Classics over at the Ogilvy. I guess they, they've been at a couple different places. But uh, I tell you what, Pat Doerr, I mean, one of the few cars that came over from his direction, we'll talk more about that, but big accomplishment. I mean, that's one there. That's a big one. It's kind of becoming a little bit of a crown jewel and with soda racing and uh, to, to get four straight of those. That's a, that's a big accomplishment. Congratulations, Pat Doerr. Yeah, I called them all cold a couple of weeks ago. Boise showed me. So this is a good time to comment. If you want to throw your top moment of the week uh, in the comments, you can do that uh, for us. We, we'd like to see that. All right. So let, let's, let's take a minute to dive a little bit more. Like Zoda's big race obviously was the fall classic and uh, uh, you know, let's kind of dive into that just a little bit more. Yeah, so I mean, I'm going to ask you, right? Because we have, if you think invitationals back in when we were younger, when we were kids, right? It was the Silver 1000, the Labor Day shootout, the the Russ Larson Classic. Then even before the 100, that's when they went to Thunder Bay. Yeah, right. But then they changed it and that was the Wasota 100. Then it was the Punky. Then it was the Red Clay. And essentially the season was over at that time. And it seems like, man, it's close to 20 years. I guess I should know what year Fall Classic it was, but it's been about 20 years. The season's kind of changed a little bit, right? Like, I, the, we used to start racing the beginning of April. Now it's like we never start in the beginning of April. It's always wet and rainy. And now the season's, it's kind of shifted about a month. So Chris Steppen with FYE decided, let's do a Fall Classic. Started out at the Viking Speedway, switched over to Ogilvy here a few years back. Is this becoming, in your mind, a, a Wissota Crown Jewel event? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Especially with the move to Ogilvy, I think, uh, I think it's grow. I, I I was never at the one in Viking, but it just, I don't know. I, I I think, I think guys like racing at Ogilvy. I mean, you know, I don't, you know, I mean, they're, I mean, their schedule continues. They'll have the topless and such, and and they seem to draw cars there. So I think it was a step in the right direction. You know, the half mile and 
you know, there's always those drivers that, you know, even Superior. Remember how many times do we hear up here on the range? Well, I, my engine's not big enough. Superior's too big. Or, you know what I mean? So uh, get off that big half mile, put it into the, the smaller three-eighths mile and Ogilvy. Yeah, I definitely think, yeah, that that's one that's, you know, a, a permanent one. What do you think? I, absolutely. And I think they had a big car cone at Viking, too, because it was the only yeah. event on. It was, it was packed, and they had big crowds. The problem with Viking wasn't necessarily the track because I did see some good races over there. The problem was with that many cars, they have a hard curfew at the Viking Speedway. And I remember one, I was racing with uh, Danny Thomas and Scott Danzeeson and the Supers, and I split them. I got by Danzeeson, yellow come back out. They put me back, and we ended up running seven laps. They had to time limit it because they had to rush everything through to get it in. And at Ogilvy, there's no time limit. You just race till the races are done. You know, sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's <laughs> not so good. But the fact is, I think that was one of the big reasons it moved. Um, they had a, I, I don't have the exact number. It was around 300 cars, you know, and I thought that was, a, I mean, they did have a lot of classes, but pretty solid car counts and everything. I was pretty surprised. Well, well, fan- while we're talking about car counts, where were the Wisconsin lane models? That's a good question. You know, Pat Nor was right. Of course, he won. But I mean, when I'm MB Nation, MB Nation as a whole, right? We'll call, we'll start with Daryl Nelson, who decided he was done. He wasn't gonna. He typically doesn't go down there. But you look at Jimmy Mars, who I did see. Jimmy, I think, was with his kid go kart racing, and I think his kid got his first win in a wing go kart. So oh. he was with the kid. Sam wasn't there. AJ wasn't there. No Jesse Glenn's, no Giassi, who I think hurt a motor, no Jake Radeski, no Hannesteads, no Mater, no Eater, no Panitsky, right? Where are all these guys? Um, John Tanta went to the tri on um, the tri-state race at Murray County, which is in Slayton. So did Lance Matthews. They went down there. Very surprised to see John Canta drive essentially kind of past yeah. Oakley to go there. I was surprised. But I was when I looked through the through all the fields, just like you did. We were talking about that. It's like I'm shocked, right? There's nothing else going on. Maybe the weather for a few of them, right? I can see a few of them saying it was like 40 degrees. Not interested, but I I assume, especially because Chris Steppen is from New Richmond, right? Yeah. You know, so I figured like he'd have some ties to be able to maybe pull some of them drivers over. Still a good count. Still a good field of cars. Not as strong a field overall in the late models as maybe I would have expected for that race. Still some good race cars, but I'm uh, very surprised not to see a lot of them. Uh, Menominee Cedar Lake guys not there. Yeah, especially Canta to do. You essentially drove past, but um, I mean, good for the Tri-State Series. You know, got a couple of different competitors that don't normally compete. What's that track like down there in Slayton? You been there? I have not. I've never been there. No. Nope. Seven of the top eight in the late model division at Ogilvy Race Superior. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So if, if you look through the results, I mean, Belfi, well, speaking of Mike Belfi, I got to give him a donkey award. I love Mike Belfi. He's a buddy of mine, but come on, dude. He, he was light in the heat. He had a fast hot rod, right? And dude, he was, he was light by two pounds. I Ooh. talked to him and said, well, Pat Dorr said you're a cheater. He's like, I bet he did. He, he didn't say that. I was jacking him up about something that happened with Dorr earlier in the year, but he's like, well, they, I had to wait for a whole race and they made me drive around, which quite possibly made him lose two pounds and made him light. Why are you that close? You've been racing 
20 some years. There's no reason to be within two, three pounds. And he would have been with his passing points. He would have been front row in the A main and he still got up and had a decent run out of the deal. But Mike, come on, man, no more being like that's a, that's uncalled for. Don't run it that like eat another cheeseburger or something. <laughs> All right. Anything else on the fall classic? Yeah, quite a bit. So just a quick little recap. So, you know, looking at the late models here, Pat Dorr, we talked about that. Don Shaw led yeah. that. I think he heard a motor, saw a puff of smoke. Sounds like he had a motor issue. I mean, he's been so good during invitational season. I honestly think Don Shaw was probably the car to beat in that race. Heard a motor. Dave Moss was up in the top three, battling with Pat Door. Door kind of slid up by him. No contact. Moss pounded the wall. I think he broke something in the rear end. Tough break for him. Jeffrey Massengill, and you got to look this up. You got my race pass there. I should have it. I didn't write down the number. He started way back. Yeah, I think it was 13th. I think I saw I think his was brother. Further, it might have been 13th. I feel like it was further back than that, but I'm not positive. But he got up into the top three. The bottom came in. He's really good. on One of the best on the bottom in that 6M. And uh, not his best season, but a great finish nonetheless for the 6M. 15th. Yeah, 15th of third. 15th of third. That's a hell of a run. Modified division, Shane Sabraski. He dueled there with Jody Belfi early in the race, and then he put it on cruise control, took that JMR chassis, Jay McDonald building a very good hot rod locally and he drove away from the field super stocks here's where it got interesting so look back at the super stock lineups there really quick while we're talking dexton cook i think started ninth okay i think you can look that up seventh or ninth he drove by everybody like their shit was broke like he was gone like a straightaway i mean he was killing them and he started deep in that field and i'm like holy crap right so also I want you to look to see where uh, where Brandon Dolman started. So he gets the lead. Caution comes out. There's a couple of cautions. Debris on the racetrack. Puka, muffler fell off. Oh. Donkey Award, Dexton Cook. Y'all don't even race on rough racetracks. How's shit falling off your race car? I don't get it, right? I remember back. So where this rule came from, okay, there was a tragedy. I don't know if you remember this. Um, I, I think it was in the 90s at the Red Cedar Speedway in Menominee, Wisconsin. A muffler fell off the car. It got scooped up, flew into the grandstands, killed somebody. Really? No. So that's when they made the rule that if a muffler falls off a car, automatic disqualification. You even have to, like, wire feed your number on the muffler so that if it falls off. Now, I mean, I get it. Things happen. But come on. I mean. The, I mean, how does something fall off? You got a, I don't know if a tab broke or a bolt. I don't know. I don't know what happened, but uncalled for. He'd really be kicking himself right now if he would have been close enough to Shane Sabraski to win the national title, which he wasn't because Shane dominated, right? But he still got second, had a hell of a year. If it would have come down to the last night where he needed that win to win a national title and his muffler fell off, that would not be good. A tough pill to swallow there. Yeah. All right. Duel, here's your here's your numbers. Duelman Duelman started 14th, and you want Dexton starting spot? Yeah, and 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 Duelman got third, right, from 14th. Yeah. Where's Dexton? Fifth row, I believe. I think he started ninth, seventh or ninth. I may not see him. 
Well, you have to look at lineups. You're probably looking at results, and they have him as DNS. Oh. Yep. So either way, he started deep. Jeremy Nelson was the class of the field after that. Dexton Cook easily should have won that race. It was his race to win. Now, another thing we have here, Midwest Mods, Jason Vandekamp, not necessarily his best season, always solid, got his second fall classic. Travis Schulte, who always runs good. I think he's got three of them, got second. But girl power, third and fourth. Haley Lee got third. Kennedy Swan got fourth. Okay. Now, should I put my fan question of the week that we got from one of the fans right here since we brought up Kennedy Swan? Sure. So I had somebody text me, and they said she killed him in the heat. She won the heat by, like, a straightaway. Okay. Started on the pole. You know where she started in the feature? Twelfth. Okay. because they went passing points. So they were frustrated. This was from a, a very frustrated Kennedy Swan fan, and there was another driver that won his heat from the pole, started 13th because he was a heat after. As a fan, and I'm going to get into my thoughts on this, what is your thoughts on the passing points um, for lining up A-mains? Uh, for the most part, I like them. Of course, I like it more than the typical sort of thing. Um you know, which is just drawing, you know, if you're going to encourage traveling, you have to have the drivers be able to put their destiny in their own hands somewhat, you know? And so, and I think the whole thing with passing points when it started was less time on the track, less the programs less because we don't have to time trial. Also, of course, less laps on the tracks. So we don't need to time trial everyone. We'll, we'll do the passing points, move the program along. Now I have heard of out West where they do passing points, but if you'd, if you win your heat, the heat winners are all will make up the first two or three or four rows, however many heats there are. But then they go passing points beyond that, so they modified it a little bit. So I have heard of that being done just a little bit. Yeah, but I, so that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you because all you you know the theory was if you win your heat, all you you know you've done everything you can do, right? So so we're giving you the benefit of the doubt there, and then sometimes that is it's kind of a nice formula because. You know, you might get a couple slower cars, not not bad drivers, obviously, they won the heat, but a little bit slower on the front, you know, and, and like a bigger race. And then, you you know, actually the fastest cars are starting sixth then. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, I hate them. Um, as a racer, I liked it, especially if you drew bad. But as a fan, here, here's multiple reasons why I hate them. In the current format, that format you're talking about, a hybrid of it, probably a good fit, right? Because right now you could, if you start, if you get to a race and there's seven heats, right? There's a lot of heats. Like they had seven heats of Midwest mods. If you draw inside pole, you might as well load up, go home. You ain't going to win. Chances are, right? Because you could lap the field in the heat race twice. And you're still not going to start in the front few rows. Right. So they're penalizing drivers for drawing good. Right. And, and the flip of that is people say, well, if you draw bad and it's straight up or, you know, whatever, then they're getting penalized. Well, at least with a straight up or a draw redraw format, you have a mathematical chance before the race starts to actually start in the front few rows. I don't like any format where the pole setter is penalized and doesn't even have a shot to start yeah. in the front row. A couple solutions to this problem. Right. Number one is if you start inside pole, treat it the same as if you start outside pole so if you win from the front row you in my mind you should get credit for passing one car because i've seen as many races if not more 
one from the outside pole having an advantage from rather than the inside pole. So give that person one, um, whatever it is, 1.76 or whatever the formula is. I think my favorite format is what they do at the red clay. Okay. And what they do there is winners start ahead of seconds, seconds start ahead of thirds. So let's say there's, let's just go there's five heats, right? All five heat winners redraw, and that determines the first five spots. All the second place finishers redraw, that determines six to 10th, oh. right? So, so it's straight up, but it's kind of flipped around. I remember at my first Wasota 100, I think it was 95, 90, I don't know, early 90s. <laughs> I'm old. And I was in heat 11, started last, and I got right to the rear bumper of Sean Kelly. I made the feature. I got second. And we're all pumped. Well, then we realized I got second in heat 11, so I was starting 22nd in the feature. So that that didn't work, right? But I don't know. The passing points deal to me, you know, obviously they draw for heat positions already, yeah. and then it's you shouldn't be penalized. I, I think that uh, fans, I'd like you to weigh in. I mean, you know, maybe have some kind of a hybrid like you're talking where the winners go in and then it's passing points. I think that may be a good solution. But just, you know, penalizing a driver, Kennedy Swan might have been the fastest car in the B-Mod class. She had a rocket ship. But when you start 12th in a big show like that with all them good cars, you're, you're handcuffed right away. And that, like you said, there's nothing more she could have done in that heat race to put herself in position. She won the heat by a straightaway and still had to start 12th. So I don't like the passing points. Uh, I think some things need to be looked at. Well, well, and the other problem with the passing points too is, you know, you get stuck in that fast heat. That's one thing with time trials, right? You know, whatever top, there's going to be five heats. Well, you know, the top five fastest guys are each starting in a different heat. So, it, it, you know, it splits things up a little bit, but yeah, you could, you know, you can end up in a rocket heat and uh, you know, you're not going to go anywhere because everybody's fast. All right. Yeah, we, talked about, we talked about the streeters, right? Yeah. Now, I know these are your favorite classes, but mod fours, right? There was a little fireworks in the mod four. Holquist and Bowden battling for the lead. Contacts made, fans. You make the call, right? Bowden, flat build nation, Puka's boy. He got put to the back. And uh I think it was man, oh man, you can maybe take a look. But one of the rants, there's two rant brothers, they're both under 18, one's eleven. Both of them were in the top five. But one of the the older of the brothers won the A main, and uh, the younger brother, I think it's Levi and Landon. I think Landon won. Levi maybe got set or got in the top five. Um, but up and comers, Wisconsin guys, Puka, Wisconsin kids in mod fours. Interesting. Weird to me. Then they don't have mod fours, right? <laughs> Josh Bird, Grand Rapids guy from up by Bemidji, trying to chase down Chad Finkbone. I think. Probably not going to happen for second in the national standings. Should have won it. Stepped all over his wiener. Going to have to get him a Band-Aid. He was leading, had it won, just completely looped it all by himself. I like Josh, but, man, that one was painful. But the winner, okay, you guys can look up the name. I don't remember the name or whatever, but all I know is this is the winner was DQ'd in the heat on Friday, won the feature on Saturday, was DQ'd again. <laughs> just – just saying, I don't exactly know what he was DQ'd for, but you, you can do your own research on that. Now, in the Hornet division, Puka, get this. The top five in the feature all got disqualified. What was going on there? Was Billy on a rampage? I, Billy, I, evidently, somebody was on a rampage over there. Three of them sound like they were kind of a questionable deal. 
the most heaviest tech class in all of racing is the Hornets. I shake my head. Wasoda shouldn't even have their hands on the Hornets and the Pure Stocks. It shouldn't even be a thing, right? It should be track rules, and that's the most uh, the most teching they get. But overall, track never locked down, never rubbered up. Hats off. Great job to the crew over at the Ogilvy Raceway. Of course, topless coming up in two weeks, and great car count, fan count, really light, probably because of the cold weather. But uh, overall, some pretty good racing over at the Big O. All right, awesome. Well, we'll move on to our hot takes now, brought to you by buyraceshirts.com. We've been talking about them a little bit, you know, so it's buyraceshirts.com. It's kind of combined with Outlaw Graphics. Uh, they're a full-service print shop, they, uh, screen printing, embroidery. They do signs, race wraps, vehicle wraps, decals, promo items. And we've talked about, you know, Christmas coming up and you needing to get some apparel for your fans. So buyraceshirts.com is where you go. It's really easy to do. You go right on the website, you walk your way through it step-by-step step to do all the designing, get the proofs, and you get your order in. So buyraceshirts.com is where to go. Get your loyal fans some nice merch for Christmas. All righty. What do we want to talk about? Oh, we want to talk about the Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings. I want to hear this one. <laughs> are with soda. And with soda is the Minnesota Vikings, all right? If you're a Vikings fan, you know exactly what I'm talking about, okay? This is going to resonate with you. Every single offseason, every year, we're just about to the offseason, every year, oh, man, things are going to change. Things are going to get better. What's going what's gonna to be new and exciting? All this hope and all this, like, man, I think things are going to be a lot better, all to end up with, utter mediocrity and major disappointment because it's vanilla it's boring and it's a shit show right so that's the minnesota vikings i'm a vikings fan they break my heart every year <laughs> i love dirt track racing i love the concept of a soda they break my heart every year why because they don't do anything better ever they never grow they have a stagnant mindset. Puka, they don't even know who their freaking customer base is, right? Unbelievable. If you talk to certain people at the Wasota Promoters Association, you know who they think that their customer base is? The promoters. Oh. It's not. It's the drivers, right? Because ultimately, the drive. most of the tracks are ran by drivers, right? Yes. They're either current or former drivers or aborted drivers. So they don't quite understand that, you know, it's not a, well, it's a business. It is a business, right? But they look at it. They're like, well, we got to please the promoters. Now you need to please the drivers. Cause if the drivers are all pissed off and want to go a different direction, guess what that promoter is going to do? Whatever the driver wants them to do. If they want to have cars at their racetrack, right? We're not in the day of age where there was a hundred some cars at every track. We're not there. You know, we don't have, 40 cars in a class every single night track promoters used to be able to say well if you don't like it here go race somewhere else well they can say that but then they're only going to have six cars in each class so they, they really can't do that anymore so See, what, what what brought you to this what got you so fired up this, this past week to bring this up was there a, a story or something i had some conversations with oh. some people in the in the organization and they're talking about different things that they want to do. And I just, I just listened and I just shook my head. I'm like, they're wasting their time with some of this stuff. I mean, some of it's kind of cool or whatever, but ultimately it doesn't change things. Right. So another thing, right. 
last year, all the infighting with the Minnesota Vikings, all the infighting. I mean, the, the head coach and the general manager didn't even talk. They didn't talk, right? Well, right now, so you got turmoil in leadership. Well, same thing here. There's people in positions in Wasota, whether they're paid or board members, that have just overstayed their welcome. Okay, if you want things to change, you need to chop the head off the top and you need to get all new people and not just one, not just a couple new people. There's certain people involved with the Wasota Promoters Association that are they're, they're handcuffing it. They're they're the ones holding it back. Right. It's their mindset of just, well, we're just trying to stay. We don't want to do anything out of the ordinary. If you're not ripening, you're rotting. They're they're flat out in at best survival mode they just don't get it they don't understand what what promoting is let me give you an example they don't even know what the hell they're doing so we have a and i don't want to call this person by name or whatever but we've been talking about the lack of social media presence right for wasota and and i talked to some people and they said well we're going to work on that for next year well i hope so okay because it's been awful if not for dirt race central ben and the crew There'd probably be no posts on Facebook, right? So I looked, and I can't even – this. I want you to picture this. Vikings, right? This is Vikings and, and Wissota are kind of the same. Imagine the Vikings being 6-10 and 10 going into the last game. It's happened, 7-9, and 8-8, eight and eight, mediocre, right? So they're right they're, – they're probably not going to make the playoffs, but they're right on the verge. They're already out of it. And all of a sudden, the announcer's like, oh, man, here we go. The Vikings taking a chance fourth and two from their own 40 yard line they're really gonna go for it here who gives a shit they're all the season's already over what the hell up, baby. well with soda just did the same thing they're posting on facebook you can look at it they're like all these we got major points battles coming down here this week and only two shows to go the points have been locked up for a month there is no points battles kudos for at least acknowledging that there's a points battle, right? That there's points first time all year that I heard him even mention points, but now they're like, Oh, we got a points. People are like, there's a points battle. I'm like, no, there ain't a points battle. They've been wrapped up. Every single class is wrapped up. There ain't no points battle at all. What the hell are they doing? You know, you look at that and it's just, it's disappointing. You know, it's disappointing. They, they have an opportunity. Puka went, when Wasota first started, right? God bless the, there's people that have passed that have that helped started. There's still some people around. All the tracks, all of them in the area had different rules, late models, modifies. It was like, if you wanted to race, if you were a hidden car and you wanted to go to Superior Proctor, there was a few different rules. If you wanted to go to Thunder Bay, it was different. If you wanted to go to Cedar Lake, Menominee, Rice Lake, it was all different, right? If you wanted to go to Alexandria, totally different. Well, the best thing that happened was Wissota was formed, and now you got 50-some racetracks with exactly the same rules. It's, it was amazing, right? You know what we got today? 1980 all over again. Because now we have all these different sanctioning bodies, 852 different classes. They have completely lost grasp on, on what the hell they're doing. And what they need to do is they need to figure out what it is they're good at, right? Right. So the Minnesota Vikings, 
They still have, they're still trying to figure that out, right? But with soda needs to figure out what is their intent? What is their purpose? And the purpose is to promote racing, make it fun, not nitpick every stupid little thing, ultra disappointing. And, and here we are again, right? Postseason's just about here. And we're going, oh man. I sure hope that things are going to change. I hope things are going to get better. I'm excited for 2023. I think they got some big things going. I don't know. I, I tell you what, the track record keeps telling me that I should just kind of brace myself for disappointment again, but I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm, I'm just going to be that typical Vikings fan going, this is the year. Maybe this is the year. This has got to be the year. We'll find out soon enough. Hanging on. Well, please comment, folks. That's great. Now, you will be at the Wazota meeting. That's right. the plans. That's the plan. Is that November? Yep, in November, on behalf of the Grand Rapids Speedway, be going down there with Bob and and uh, you know, there's the sad thing is they already kind of got an agenda in place, so we we really just kind of vote on what's going on. But hopefully, there's a little bit of an opportunity for an open forum, some dialogue, you know, get everybody on the same page, figure out what we can do to grow this sport because we all love it. We want it to get better. You know, I don't like bashing with soda all the time. I do that to bring light to the fact that that's how everybody feels, right? So if everybody feels that way and you see all the tracks falling by the wayside, instead of going, well, this person's negative, don't do something about it, fix it. And not everything can be fixed. You know, I talked to Rod about this, can't fix everything at one time, got to prioritize, but you got to delegate. You got to pick, you got to get four or five people in there and give everybody a task and let them go. You got to get the right people in, and, and hopefully they do that. Yeah. All right. Like you said, comment, folks. This is uh, this is really good. Good stuff. Ryan's rant. All right. Let's uh, move on to the uh, weekend races. Kind of the weekend roundup here. Uh, Falls didn't disappoint. Never does. Never does. I mean that place. I mean even when the racing is kind of lackluster, so to speak, it's still better than most. Yeah. It's yeah. a quarter mile bull ring with a cushion to bang in the boards. Night one. The Moequa Missile, Shining Bab, night number two. The Smooth Operator, my buddy Dave's favorite driver. Just kidding. Drove by Jason Fager to get it done, 15,000. And uh, Mars Series Championship, Ryan Unziker yeah. had a good year, solid year. Jason Fager second. Um, did you watch anything over at Falls? Yeah, I watched the Saturday night portion. So I did, you know, 16 grand to Unziker for wrapping up that championship. Uh, like I said, uh, yeah, pretty, you know, South Falls, even that Falls announcer is pretty good. You know, he's got a he's got an interesting style. He definitely has his own style, but he's pretty good too. But how about Billy Moyer Sr. out racing again? How many times are he going to retire? I mean, he just, you know, it's a Billy Moyer Sr. Billy, even Billy Moyer Jr., a guy we really talked about a lot this year. But I have noticed, even like during the Hell Tour and stuff, he seems to, well, like you were maybe saying, he, he might like the bull race because he has spent a lot of time in Illinois this summer racing. Uh, you know, I mean, he's an Arkansas boy. You know, I mean, it's kind of a long drive, but um, but it was kind of cool to see the Moyers there. Well, you talk about how many how many dirt car summer national hell tour championships does Billy Moyer have? Maybe Billy Moyer Jr. could maybe follow that next year. Yeah, maybe. Um, hey, another shout out. I don't know if you saw this, Mike Harrison, right? Mod guy, multiple UMP national championships, made his debut, ran in the top five most of the race on night number two on Saturday faded back to 11th, but uh, he just jumped in a late model. He looked, he looked pretty good for a while. Oh, good. Good for him. Hopefully another, uh, we can convert him. Hopefully we can convert him. 
Uh, you don't. I don't know if you want more mod guys coming up and whooping on those late model guys. We'll, we'll find out. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's head uh, to the Castro Flow Night in America. Uh, they were down in Tri County, down in uh, North Carolina. On what was that? Tuesday, Thursday night. Thursday. Thursday. Night. Well, did you watch that race? I did. Dale McDowell. I was surprised with the win. But yeah, did he? The, the people's elbow. You don't yeah. typically see that from him. It's kind of nice. But he said in the poster, he said, I didn't hit him. But he said, did you watch him? But he said, I didn't. I didn't. Because he said, said something to him, like, he's mad at you, or you think he'll be mad, or he's upset. And he's like, I didn't hit him. That's, that's a deal. He's like, like playing. He's like, I did not hit him. Shouldn't be mad. There's nothing. I didn't hit him. I didn't do anything wrong. So maybe he didn't. I I don't know. I, I it looked to me like he hit him. Maybe he took the air off him and the guy pushed, but it looked like he kind of gave him a little bit of a hip check going by him. What do you think? Yeah, well, and that was Carson Ferguson. Yeah, Chris Ferguson's yep. brother. Yeah. So so I you know I didn't think he hit him either. I thought I thought Carson just kind of came in a little almost too hard is what I thought. But like I said, oh. maybe he pushed a little. So but McDowell though, I tell you what, he's that that's another guy right there, just ultra smooth. Um getting it done and he's not exactly a spring chicken he's not one of the young guys so kind of nice seeing them old dogs win yeah that was awesome yeah like i, said, I, I was i mean none of us but in our pickums nobody picked mcdowell you know and and uh um, so yeah i was happy to see him win all right uh do you want to go back to the tri-state repairable vehicles yeah i mean did you happen to see who won i'm just gonna say mod guy i'm just gonna say no, I rot rocket rodney sanders double up in really? the late month he won night number one and night number two we talked about John Canta surprised that he drove by Ogilvy to go there, but he had a pair of podiums, had two third place finishes. Matthews had a fifth and a sixth. In the B mods, they had a an open sanction rule where it was soda B mods and IMCA could all run sport mods and B mods run together. The Wasoda guys whooped the shit out of them. So Brad, bad Brad, right? Our buddy Brad, Wasoda kicking butt on your IMCA boys just. Just saying, right? Um, Aaron Blacklands with a Zuli engine winning night one. The Cobra Cody Lee winning night number two. Awesome. Okay, you want to hit on the Lucas again? Well, I guess the only thing there, you know, we talked about T-Mac, but I didn't realize this. He's never won a dirt track world championship, right? Right, I heard that correct. Could he get it done this year? I don't. Well, maybe, you know, I was picking him a lot at the beginning of the year and then he started racing for the title, you know, he started racing for the title, you know, but he's been kind of hot in here now the last couple of weeks. So maybe, you know, and he doesn't have to worry, obviously the, the title's wrapped up. So, you know, maybe he, I'm not picking him, but I mean, there's a shot. What do you think? I mean, you've the, been in that position where it helps that you've clinched, right? The pressure's off his shoulders, right? He's a perennial powerhouse as far as points go. I don't know. I the I'm kind of rooting for him a little bit, but the person I'm kind of rooting for in a way is JD, right? Because there's only a couple big shows left. There's a hundred grand to win there. It's 40 grand to win down at all tech. It's 80 grand for him to win at Vegas. Right. And he's at like 1.85, you know, a million. So, I mean, if he wins it, he has a very legit chance to eclipse 2 million. Yes. Chris Madden, on the other hand, if he wins it, he has a very legit chance to eclipse a million. Puka, what would be more impressive? One driver eclipsing two million, or for the first time ever, 
two drivers eclipsing a million in the same year. Oh, I think the two. I mean, like you said, that's and like I said, if the, as an industry, you know, and and as 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 race fans or just as an industry, we need to get those numbers out there. Like people need to know, like, holy cow, you can make that kind of money dirt track racing. Because again, I think that will legitimize the sport a little bit, and that may potentially bring in the big ad dollars. You know, the, the McDonald's of the world, all the people that are in NASCAR. So it's like, that guy went a million dollars. What? It's like, you know, so I, I hope they both do it. And I hope it's it's reported on correctly and pushed out into the mainstream of America so that people kind of know what's going on here. Yeah, I agree. Very good point there, Puka. All right. Anything else? Any other recaps? Nope. All right. Time for a little who's hot and who's not. Um, I guess I'll start because my... My hot take last week was, my sure bet was um, Shane Sobraski went in the mods. He won the mods. So I'm going to stick with him as far as, uh, you know, he's obviously hot. And, and even, like I said, Don Shop. Don Shop probably would have won that race. Uh, remains hot, you know, but like I said, sounds like motor trouble. But uh, who, who you got on the hot list? If the queen had balls, she'd be the king. So the woulda, coulda, shoulda. He didn't win. So he's not hot, right? Shane Sobraski is. In the mod, super stock, eh, not so much. He kind of, I don't know if he's lacking interest in the super stock, if he's bored, if he's off his game. I'm not really sure, but he wasn't very good in the super. He still finished up front, but he wasn't, I think he got fourth, which, I don't know, that doesn't happen with the 7A. I'm not really sure what happened there. I'm going to go with T-Mac, right? Um, the ultimate points racer. I like chasing points. I like to have something to chase when I was racing. And and that's the guy right there that was laser focused. He had a goal in mind, right? And this is a life lesson, right? He had a goal in mind. His goal was the Lucas Oil Late Model Championship. That's what he wanted to win. And, and he even alluded to it. He's like, I can't get too far off base with setups. I can't be testing and trying stuff. I'm pretty good right here. I know where I'm at, and I'm trying to win a championship that paid it paid a bunch of money this year. What did it pay? Two fifty? Oh, it's yeah, a I think, lot. I think it's one fifty. I think one fifty. Yeah, it was a bunch. Yeah. So for him to just kind of step up his game the second half of the year and just ultra consistent, and then winning this last race to really put the the emphasis on it. Um, I'm going with Tim McCready. What a great season he's had. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, who's not? Um, I got our buddy, Buggy Bobby Sheldon hasn't been to victory lane since Labor Day week in September 2nd on his schedule when they're out in California on that run. Um, he's had a couple of podiums and, uh, you know, when they're at uh, Williams Grove last week, the podium there. And then I think in Sharon, um, he podiumed, but, uh, you know, he is the series leader as far as wins, but he's on a heck of a dry spell. <laughs> and I'm going to go with another guy, right? You're in the world of outlaws there. I'm going to go to the Lucas oil late model side. And we're going to talk B chef here, right? So Brandon Shepard has one win in his last 26 starts. Okay. So wow. that's, that's a long stretch of races without a win. And there was a point in time where he had, I feel like, I think it was like a hundred point lead. He had a big lead yeah, and T-Max stepped up his game and Shepard just consistently started kind of fading. It's not like he's run completely terrible, but I mean, when he went from like, leading both or he was running yeah. second right he was just a couple points back from Dennis Herb Jr. with a legit shot to win the World of Outlaw Championship we thought he was going to stay there and we were surprised when he made his switch over to Lucas Oil and it's like well he has a point lead I mean B-Chef's right. kind of the 
he's a front runner right now, and he just faded the second half of the year here. And uh, really, uh, I was surprised, but maybe a resurgence in 2023 with the B5 car. Yeah, yeah, and I think what really what really took the air out of the sails for him this year was Knoxville a few weeks ago when he he was running up there and he ended up with did uh, he have contact with Ricky? Him and Ricky, I think. Uh, yeah. We're playing kissy face and, and uh, ended up with a bad finish and that kind of kind of put him on. And of course, T-Mac winning races doesn't help. All right. Our locks of the week brought to you by Real Estate by Jay Schmidt. Yeah, I tell you what, four racers by racers over 20 plus years in business. Great racing family. If you're in the Watertown, South Dakota area, I get it. Real estate's kind of in a downturn right now. It really is. But he can still take care of you, whether you're buying a house, selling a house. Whether, you, you know, if it's land, commercial, residential, Jay Schmidt is the guy to get a hold of the Lock of the Week Real Estate by Jay Schmidt in Watertown. Thanks for uh, their support. Get a, get a hold of him. He'll take good care of you. For sure. For sure. All right. I'm going to, like I said, I'm sticking with the hot shoe. I'm sticking with Shane Zabraski in the mod up at Souptown. If it doesn't, if they don't get snow and, and frost and everything, <laughs> and they do race that Can-Am in Superior, I'm going to Shane Zabraski in the mod. Who you got? Well, I'm going to go with Mother Nature at the Gondaclaw Speedway. They still had a post out there today, probably yeah. going to catch Monday, probably not going to make it. I hope they get it in, but the weather does not look favorable. They don't really need to take a perennial bath as far as a low fan count, but I'm hoping they get it in. So I'm going to go with J.D., Superman, Jonathan Davenport is going to win the Dirt Track World Championship at Portsmouth, and he's going to put himself right on the heels of hitting that $2 million mark. Tell you what, when the money's been on the line this year, Puka, that, that he's been the guy to every single time. I don't see why this would be any different. No, I completely agree. He's definitely a, a, a top contender. All right, let us know, fans, who you're picking for this weekend. We'd like that. Throw it down in the comments. All right, we're going to move on to the last lap segment brought to you by Zuli's Race Engines. We've talked about Frank, Zuli's Race Engines, lots of power, lots of dependability, and lots of wins, Ryan. Or racers, I tell you what, this guy right here, if you can't beat him, join him. The Wolverine, Justin Vogel, yet another big win in that number 10 street stock. Got it done at the Fall Classic. Of course, um, Aaron Blacklance, another win in the Midwest Mod down at the Murray County Speedway in Slayton. I mean, we barely have any racing even going on. And guess what? They're still winning races, right? So Zuli Race Engines, thanks to them guys. They do a great job. This is a time of year to start looking ahead to 2023. Give Frank a call. Get on the list early because he's got a lot of work to do. You want to get in the line early to get your stuff taken care of. All right, a cool story out of Volusia down in Florida. Eight. I feel like a quitter. I, I shouldn't even talk about this. Kind of donkey award to myself for being a quitter, right? Quitting early. 81-year-old Buzzy Rudiman. Now, you remember David Rudiman, the fastest, yeah. well, the second fastest Domino's pizza guy in the country. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. He was the second fastest. Okay. I wasn't on TV with him, but um, but Buzzy Ruderman, of course, is that 81 years young, won the UMP modified track championship down at the Volusia Speedway in Florida. I'm just dad. Okay, I know my dad's watching the show. Dad, you're not 81, right? <laughs> Let's get the car. Let's you go, get Rudy. Car, right? I mean. They sold the house to my brother, right? So they got a little money. Let's go buy a couple cars. 
my dad, I'll go help him. He could win a track championship. He's younger than Buzzy Ruderman. I thought that was kind of cool. So, Dad, you've got to get this shit done. <laughs> and the crazy thing is, for those of you who are not familiar with Volusia, I mean, that's a hammer down. That's a fast track. You know, they're not putting around on that thing. It's not like a little quarter mile that's slippery. I mean, it's a big uh, – well, the, we talk about it every year in the spring. It's, it's pretty uh, demanding on engines. Yeah, big, big half mile down there. It's super fast. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Hey, one thing I didn't have on the list here, but remember last week I talked about Adam Brotherton and the, the draw scandal over at the Miller Speedway? You know how – well, I got confirmation back. He messaged me, and he said, yeah, that, that kind of happened. So, so yeah, that, he's kind of clever, right? He's, and it sounds like maybe uh, – it happened more than once. And I talked to the other driver, uh, Corey Berkowitz. He's like, you know, here's the deal. He goes, I, I was getting text messages going, are you here? He goes, no, I'm not even in the town. What, what are you talking about? Well, you're in the lineup. Well, I'm not racing. Yeah. He was oblivious to it. So that actually did happen over in Miller. So again, promote, do the, do the resetting number one, but do resetting number one at the pit meeting manually you know manually with a bag with chips or balls or something in there have a kid not on the computer right not behind the scenes do it right there in front of everybody reset one also i would recommend when everybody draws their initial number post their initial numbers up on the wall and then do the reset so that way nobody's going well they could have changed the number it's all perception protect yourself and give it get everybody in the right state of mind yeah all right viper motorsports can add a driver for 2023 are they adding a driver is one out? I thought Viper was adding. Viper is who Max Blair races. Is Max Blair keeping that ride? As far as I know, he's keeping the ride, yeah. And then because okay. it's kind of ironic that the second and third are going to team up in point, All right. point battle. Yeah. Okay, that I did not know. See, yeah. I, I was under the understanding that he was out of a ride and English was in, and I'm like, well, he had a good year. Why would he be out of a ride? So, so yeah, you read it. It sounds like second. So they're adding a car. They're going to add a car. Yeah, it's my understanding. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So I we can look into that. Maybe yeah. one of us. I guess I I didn't look at. It. <laughs> I, I I heard it on a on a racing podcast, and that that's what that 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 now that I'm thinking about it. And he said they're going to add a ride, and again, because even even he said the same thing. Is it kind of ironic? You know, second and third place. They've been traveling up and down the road together. Obviously, they found some chemistry there, and you know whatever, and and so uh, they're gonna they're gonna go you know make a run at it next year. The two of them. That can only help so, things. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, like you said, second and third in the world of outlaw points makes a lot more sense than Max Blair being out of a ride. I'm like, how's that happen? He had a hell of a year. I don't really understand that. So congrats to uh, Tanner English, who we didn't know where he was going a couple weeks ago. So congrats on that, on that ride. Yeah. Speaking of rides, GR Smith in the news. Team 22 Inc., right? Uh, I think he's 20 years old. Peyton Freeman, youngster from down in, in the in the deep south down there, going to be driving for Dr. Smith. Of course, Air Force Ashton Winger had that ride. A lot of speculation on why that ride disappeared. A lot of he said, she said. Not really sure. But uh, Peyton Freeman going to have himself a, a pretty good uh, pocketbook behind him in 2023. Yeah, way bam, dirt kings. Oh, who do, do we give a donkey award here? I'm not really sure, right? Like, I had somebody asked me, do we give a is Bert gonna be on? Bert's not on. I mean, I don't know what happened. So they had they had the finale for the Dirt Kings series was gonna be in a couple weeks at the Mississippi Thunder Speedway. Well, they canceled that. 
right? So that that's done. The season's done. Mississippi Thunder's done. Nick Anvilin, congratulations, won another Dirt Kings championship. But I kind of wonder what happened there, right? I mean, I get it. You're getting into the end of October. Weather's probably not going to be great. Probably not a horrible idea to cancel it because even if they had cars, they probably have a hard time getting fans, you know, that late in the year. So probably the best idea. I wanted to see some more racing because it's a great, great racetrack. But, uh, yeah, they canceled the season. Season's over. Nick Anvilink, champion yet again. He's won all the championships in Dirt Kings but one, and that's only because he didn't follow it. Yeah, he didn't follow it. Was it the COVID year, right, or was it last year? Was it last year or was it the COVID year? COVID year? Oh, last year? Okay. Or Justin Ritchie won one, right? Justin Ritchie won one. That would be the one, I think, that Nick lost because I think Nick won it last year. Okay. Okay. I'm not positive. We'll have to take a look. Yeah. Well, congrats, Nick. Awesome. All right. So, standings. Boy, Bert, he just keeps slowly like, stra- you know, that's what he's doing. That's why he could be on the show. He's studying. He's studying. You know, he's he's, I think he's cheating. He's yeah. cheating. <laughs> he's running the math on this thing. It's like fan ball. What was it? He's, an, he's, an analytic guy. he's an analytics guy. Yeah, and analytics. Yeah, he's doing the analytics. So, so Burke kind of stretching on twelve behind Ryan. You're twenty one behind. You can kind of see on the grid here. Um, you know, here's kind of our picks for this week. Like I said, it's, it's getting a little thin. Well, we're gonna start picking go kart races, drag racing, <laughs> hornets, uh, whatever. Right, uh, wing micros. Right, we're gonna pick the the alphabet soup. Right at the chili bowl, the the ed, you know, all that. I just I just need to have a chance. This week's also. Not sure if Jeff told you, but it's actually quadruple points at this week's race. We got to we got to do something. Just kidding, not so Bert. Bert looking to double up, go back to back. I, I don't know if we can make that happen. Yeah, good for you, Bert. All right, so uh, you know, big week in racing: the Can-Am Clash, Dirt Track World Championship. Castro Late Models are back on at four eleven down in Tennessee. Moose Sprints kind of in the, in the middle section of the of the country at I eighty and Lakeside in Kansas. Uh, what are you looking for to the most? I eighty, I eighty, because I feel like this is the last weekend there, unless they sell it, unless somebody takes it over, right? I, I haven't heard of anybody bought it from the Kasiskis, but from what I understand, this is the final weekend of racing, at least promoted by Kasiskis at the I eighty Speedway in Nebraska double header they got world of outlaws night one night number two they have another show with slmr late models i think oh, yeah. i think it's on dirt race central oh really I oh actually i did see that on the yes yes i yeah. believe it is yeah okay. so we can check that out the final the last dance so to speak man i hope somebody buys that place because i mean eagle shut down right there's not a lot of racetracks in that area kind of a big broad stretch and i mean you think the the Kasiski name, I right? Know, right? Steve and Joe, you know, you think that name and what they did, what they meant to dirt track racing. And it's another chapter going to be coming to an end here. I don't know what the future holds, but as for right now, this is the final weekend of racing at the famed I-80 Speedway. Oh, we're losing too many again. When do we lose East Bay? What, two years from now? Sounds like it. So we got to get down there. I think, I think this is, I mean, we need to break up February anyway. So going to have to maybe get down to Tampa this year. Yeah. All right. All right. Anything else? No, I think that's it. You know, uh, kind of a pretty low week this week. Of course we got Tuesday night, which is, I'm not sure when this is getting posted or whatever. We got the Castro flow racing night in America, but 
not a lot of racing. I'm going to knock on wood. I really hope they get it in over at the Gondek Law Speedway. Not overly optimistic, but uh, if they do, it's uh, watch FYE.TV, Dirt Race Central. They'll have all the action, and that's that's a race you will not want to miss because it's the final um, points race of the Wasota season. There are still some mm, points battles a little bit kind of deeper. I know Josh Berg is really trying to pass Chad Tinkpone for second in uh, the pure stock. I guess we'll find out, but um, I guess we'll have to wait and see. We should know what it is, dude. Yeah, and the sad thing is it's 72 up here tomorrow. You know, couldn't land on the weekend. It's going to land on the two. Yeah, 72 degrees tomorrow. So it's supposed to be. So I got my son's uh, playoff soccer game. So I know, I'll tell you what, speaking of the weather, like we just kind of looked back now, obviously approaching the middle of October, but I've been to a lot of cross country meets and a lot of soccer games with four kids. And for the most part, September's weather was beautiful. You know, for most of my memories of this year, it was it was nice, sunny, no sleet. I haven't sat in sleet or or wind, rain. <laughs> it's been good. It's been good. So uh, gratitude, gratitude, very grateful. <laughs> All right. So that'll wrap it up for the week. We'd appreciate a sharing of this episode right now. That would be great. Um, oh, I was going to show you a decal. Decals are in. You want to want to go show decal for the car, for the race car, for the anything your your uh atv utv um we got the uh, uh decals for five bucks so get a hold of, of us on that as always thanks to our great sponsors uh dirt track supply brad parsons soil and egg solutions chase Schmidt real estate suley's race engines byrishirts.com impact health sharing dirt race central and mason aaron's videos uh the one to go show at gmail.com if you want to message us something private if you're interested in advertising would be a good way to get a hold of us too the one to go show at gmail.com Otherwise, just, you know, obviously feel free to comment. You hit us up on Spotify, TikTok, Snapchat, Facebook, Rumble, and YouTube. For Ryanao, I am Puka. Get out there and be your dream. You're tuned to the one to go show. Production of Goat Sports Media, LLC.